Welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, um, how come Australia can work out foreign students but we can't? Uh, is the media biased? Herd immunity. Uh, very conflicting views on this this morning, and uh, Trump's launched an attack ad against Biden. Uh, but somehow it implicates Mike Hosking as well. Uh, but before any of that, uh, this managed isolation, is it being managed? You are about to see, by the way, you're about to see if we haven't already, that the border is leaking, that measures in place aren't up to it, and never were. A maintenance worker, of course, as you will well know by now, one of the hotels has COVID. This case isn't linked to the mess that has the country at Level 3 and Level 2. Now, according to the Minister of Health, uh, they would not have had contact with guests. Which, of course, begs the questions, how come he's got COVID? All the government can say is, it's a mystery. Isn't everything conveniently a mystery? The man was tested on the 13th as part of routine testing. The routine testing only came into being, of course, because of the mess that got exposed last week. Ask yourself, if the government hadn't been caught out, would this bloke have been tested in routine testing if there wasn't routine testing? The government still insists that operations at these hotels is watertight, and yet I think most of us who followed this will have seen the photo sent in by the guests that show no social distancing, no PPE, no gloves, no masks. We once again ask the question, why aren't we running quarantine like Australia is? You're in your room, you don't leave, military are in the hall, full stop. Sort of like why we asked, why don't we round up COVID-positive cases and stick them in quarantine? Remember that last week? Bloomfield said we round up sheep, not people, until later that afternoon when suddenly we round up people. So make no mistake, the hotels are loose and the trouble has just started. Add also... The growing and yet entirely predictable outcry over air crew who get to fly into the country, get next to no medical attention, then head home, then head back to work. If you think that system isn't fraught, your name's probably Chris Hipkins. Hipkins and Bloomfield were asked at the one o'clock briefing yesterday about those rules and regulations. Neither had an answer, neither knew any detail about it. Ask yourself why. This entire exercise, from start till now, has been piecemeal. It's whack-a-mole as problem after problem, cock-up after cock-up is exposed. Everything is retrospective. Everything has a chase-your-tail feel to it. What we are seeing is we are being led by kindly and yet largely bureaucratic incompetence. Bloomfield, Hipkins and Clark before him aren't up to it, and they're led by a Prime Minister who isn't across detail or indeed interested in it, and trusts officialdom to a dangerous extent. If they knew what they were doing, we wouldn't be where we are. Um, just hands up, though, how many of you still think, though, that anybody else would necessarily have done it any better? Like, it's really, really easy to say, oh, you got that wrong, here's how you got it wrong, this is what you should have done. But would you have actually done it from the outset? Don't know. Don't know. Um, what I do know is that the universities uh, want to open their doors again to foreign students, but the government seems to be dragging its feet. Meanwhile, in Australia... If leadership is a test of this election, like all elections, it should be, surely we're seeing some fairly gargantuan issues emerge. The fact Australia is seeing the arrival back of international students next month, and we aren't, is example one. And if you missed it, listen to our Prime Minister yesterday upon being told the news she had no answer. She had no plan, she hadn't thought about it, she started offering excuses, Australia wasn't getting many back, Australia was concentrating them in certain areas. Yes, 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 that's true, but that's called a plan, that's a trial. That's working out what works, what doesn't. Doing nothing, which is her attitude and approach, isn't working. And it isn't solving the problem, it isn't bringing some of the five billion that we've lost back into the country. It's an abdication of duty and responsibility that we aren't leading the way, thinking about leading the way, looking at all possible avenues to generate income for this country. What makes it worse 
is the universities have already addressed this with the government. They've got a solution. They can run the program themselves. They've got the facilities. They've solved their own issue. But no, the government must do everything, and yet it's the government that are doing nothing. Example two, elective surgery. Once again, the Prime Minister was surprised. Simple question, is it really necessary to cancel all elective surgery in the country's largest city just for level three in a cluster of 50, 70, 80, whatever it turns out to be people? The answer, of course, is no. But the fact the Prime Minister was taken aback by the health reaction tells you two things. One, she hadn't thought through the consequences of going to level three. And two, the public service is so fear-bound that the go-to position is basically cancel everything. Like the 2,000 beds in level four that were filled with the 22 people as thousands gave up their operations and treatments. Oh, and while we're at it, the Australians are going after Google in terms of advertising to help local media. We talked about that, remember? We talked about that. What have we done? Correct? Nothing. Leadership, the most critical of skills, foresight, planning, insight, determination, respect, reassurance, even in the odd bit of surprise. Yet look at the border, look at the universities, look at elective surgery, look at Google, and they are just the here and now. That's what we're dealing with this week, the current mess. Where's the leadership? Where is the sense that the adults are in charge here? In fact, where are the adults? Would you settle for a very mature teenager, perhaps? Um, and I guess we probably let her boyfriend over as well, uh, as long as they uh, promise not to eat all the food in the pantry and don't go near the liquor cabinet. Sorry, I thought we were talking about babysitting there for a minute. Um, are the media biased? We've got something to say on Jerry Brownlee, who took yet another beating from the media yesterday when he started questioning whether the media is biased. Here's, here's, as an operator in the media for 38 years, let me tell you straight up and down right now, the media are biased. There is absolutely no question about that. But interestingly, they did a bit of a test in America. Evening new car, uh, newscasts, ABC, CBS, NBC, 150 times more negative when covering Trump as opposed to Biden. 150 times more. Media Research Centre looked at uh, what uh, comments made were made by reporters, anchors, non-partisan sources. This is from June through the end of July, so all of June, all of July. Biden received eight positive evaluation statements with only four negative comments made in the two-month period. Trump, coverage overwhelmingly negative, 634 negative evaluation statements by Trump, 34 positive. They did not include evaluations and comments, by the way, from partisan sources. And this is my point with the media. These are the, this, this is the media we're talking about, the media that pretend to be neutral, the media that say, no fear, no favour, we don't have an agenda. That's the media you need to worry about. And when they did the test... I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, don't they? I mean, 150 times more negative. Yeah, but... Join a few dots. But if you spend your entire life doing and saying stupid stuff... Well, what's The the coverage is going to be negative, isn't it? Well, no. No, it's not. Oh, really? No, it's not. Because reportage is reportage, not commentary. They're two completely different things. You, you, you say that, and yet every time I play clips of Trump saying stupid stuff, people text in and accuse us of being anti-Trump. And all I'm doing is replaying stuff that Trump says. So, you know what I'm saying? i tell you what, we, we definitely have balance on the show this morning when it comes to the idea of herd immunity. Want a bit update on herd immunity? Uh, as few as 10%. Closer than many scientists thought, as little as 10% of people may need to be infected for the virus to basically fizzle out. Pockets of London and New York now, they think, probably has herd immunity. India probably has herd immunity. Previously uh, speculated it needed to be something like 60 or 70%. They now think as low as 10. Counting how many people 
who have coronavirus antibodies as the trickier through the blood tests. It's considered the most accurate way now of calculating how much of the population's already been infected. They did that in Italy the other day. Remember when we talked to Joe? And they found 1.6 million people. This was just a partial swab. 1.6 million people had T-cells or antibodies, and they're going, well, hold on, no one near that case tested positive, so what's going on here? Answer, most people are asymptomatic. Most people don't even know they have it. If you don't know you have it, you don't get tested. If you don't get tested, you never know. But it's in the community nevertheless, and before you know it, you've got herd immunity. So is ultimately Sweden right? Well, possibly, except Kate Hawksby, uh, who does the show before our show, uh, was interviewing somebody from Sweden this morning who said that they've given up on herd immunity and now they're trying to introduce a whole lot of uh, extra health measures to try and get control of the virus. And then we also had a report on our news that the World Health Organization, uh, you know, Irish Mike, that, the, not Dr. Tedros, but Irish Mike, the other guy, um, he was saying that they're not even sure you can do herd immunity, that it's even possible. So, like I say, fair and balanced, fair and balanced. Although I am going to play uh, some uh, some audio here. Now, you be the judge. Is it Trump or is it Joe Biden? Mike seemed a bit confused. Yes, Trump's not holding back an attack ad out this morning. What happened to Trump? It bounces back between 2015, 2016 and 2020. So this is him, Biden, campaigning for Hillary in 2016. Think about it. Everybody is known from day one how smart, how bright, Hillary is. Everybody knows how tough she is. Not quite as good in 2020. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, but back in 15 at a rally. So be successful. I sincerely hope some of you become millionaires and billionaires. I mean that. But engage. This year on CNN. You know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a, than the, the, it's called, he called it the, you know. What happened to Joe Biden is the attack ad from the Trump campaign this morning. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not arguing that Biden hasn't completely lost his marbles and shouldn't be president. Um... And I've said the exact same thing about Trump on many occasions as well. But what I am arguing is that Mike Hosking doesn't seem to know who's who. Listen to how he introduced this segment again. An attack ad out this morning, what happened to Trump? So he can't tell the difference between Trump and Biden. I'm worried about the, all three of them, to be to be honest. I am Glenn ZFB. I'm no better. Uh, that was the rewrap. I'll be back here again with more random stuff uh, again tomorrow. I'll try and do a balance of, you know, random stuff from everywhere. 